Welcome to another episode of the Chronically Healing Podcast with your hosts, Jesse Fritz and Christina Sangara. So glad to have you back for yet another episode. Can't freaking believe we are well into season two. Mm-hmm. Can't believe it's already going to be the end of 2022, like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not jump there. <laughs> well, I just feel like 2020 felt like a decade. It was right. the longest year of my entire freaking life. 2021 sped by 2022 is an absolute blur mm-hmm. i feel like i already talked about that on another episode but anyway yeah so yeah i know i feel like i this. don't even remember 2021 i mean i was like depressed half the year so that's part of it but i just feel mm. like and so many people are saying that though just like 2021 was just like a blink and it was mm-hmm. gone so mm-hmm. it's very strange well it makes sense right so we all went through collective trauma and let's right. just call it that. I'm gonna, I'm calling it trauma. There is right. nothing short of traumatic about not knowing what's happening in your life the next hour, day, month, week. And we know what the brain does. It goes into survival mode. And it's just thinking about how can I maintain myself and, and not collapse. So it makes right. sense that we kind of blocked it out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I get it. <laughs> well, so... Let's check in first, see how we're all doing. How are you doing today? And then we'll we'll dive into the episode, which I think people are going to love. Good. Yeah, I'm a little bit frantic today. So I'm trying to like bring my energy back into the space mm. of right here and now. I had a, a meeting run way over and my computer was dead and then our internet went out and, you know, like all the things happened within 30 seconds of me having to get on this call. So, so I'm a little bit frantic today, but otherwise I feel like things have been good. My husband got a full-time job. <gasps> Yay. Yeah. I know that that was a big deal. That's huge. So he starts in less than a week. He starts next Monday. So is he stoked? He is. He's very, very excited. He's been like really looking forward to just like a change in the way that he can live his life. He's run his own business now for almost 10 years. And while it's not to say that he'll never go back to that, he just like needs a break. He, I'm mm-hmm. sure I can understand. I'm sure you can just like, mm-hmm. It's, it gets really hard when all of your passions, it feels like have to create an income and there's just like this financial stress constantly if things don't work out and he just, he's kind of over that. So he's going back into work for uh, what he went to college for. And then um, using his degree, what a novel idea. (laughs) Right. And then, um, yeah. And we'll see how it goes. I mean, like he's really excited about it though. So, um, it'll take a lot of financial stress off of the family for a while, which will be great. We can hopefully pay down some of our debt. We were thinking of like filing for bankruptcy last year. And like, it was just, you know, I know that you, you know, some of that stuff and it it can be really devastating, not only to like your mental health, but like your relational health. Like it's been a really hard few years on our relationship. Basically, since we've been married, we haven't been able to do anything because our finances have been so rocky. So it's just giving us a lot of space for growth and um, we're really excited about it. So that's been like kind of our focus is getting getting our life. He'll be working from home. So that's good. That won't Mm. change, but just kind of like, you know, prepping for things to be different. And I think we had talked before about how you and I really crave that autonomy because of having a chronic illness and having it be really unpredictable. I think it's great that you're still able to have that, but Mm -hmm. then not be struggling because you have that. You still have, it's almost like best of both worlds. He's fulfilled. He's happy. 
because I also feel like not everyone should own their own business. I really right. do feel that. I, <laughs> right. I really do feel that. I know that there's this push to be like anti nine to five, all the things. Mm-hmm. But I will say that without nine to five, for example, okay, I'm self-employed, but I need employees to help me be self-employed. Right. I couldn't do this on my own. Still, we still need people that while they may be ambitious, that doesn't necessarily mean they want to run the company because there's a lot of weight that comes with that. Mm-hmm. that I yeah. don't think is talked about. It's so glamorous. We have the laptop lifestyle and the martini right. and we're sitting on the beach. More times than not, it's more like a breakdown, right? Yeah. We're just, we're, we're losing our, our mind. So anyway, so um, yeah, I would say entrepreneurship is really fulfilling, but we just don't talk enough about the other side of that, which is just exactly what your hubby went through, right? And mm-hmm. he just decided like his threshold was met. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I'm I'm in support of that for sure. Yeah, thank not you. that it really matters if I'm in support of it because <laughs> I'm not his wife, but I don't know. I'm just <laughs> solidarity. Yeah, yeah. No, he's excited, and we're really excited for what this just means for us, even for his health. Like he hasn't been able to go to the doctor, um, things like that. Just like we'll have insurance again. I mean, we have insurance now, but you know, it's a whole thing. Like we'll have actually company paid insurance, things like that. So yeah, like $200 a month insurance. Yeah, I I miss those days. Right, right. What's been up with you? You know, it's funny that your energies felt off. And I know Mercury is no longer in retrograde. (laughs) So I can't blame it on that, which is very annoying, because I always like to have something I can blame my bad mood on. Right. But yeah, I've been feeling so I feel good. I got my daily walk in. So I I always have to start my day with a walk. I've realized if I don't, then I'm just a raging bitch the rest of the day. (laughs) But what I am realizing is that I have do you ever have these moments where you just feel this wave of kind of anxiety, not a panic attack, but more like what you said, that frantic energy and Mm -hmm. you have to do all these things. And I was listening to a really good podcast and she said basically along the lines of we can tend to feel like we have to be productive to be worthy. And if right. we're not being productive and we're just resting or we're just enjoying the moment, then the alarm bells go off because even happiness can become a threat. Mm-hmm. So I'm really focusing on being okay, being in flow, being mm-hmm. okay with things not being hard. I'm trying to get out of that mentality that everything has to be a struggle. And I'm trying to really accept that it is possible to have flow and ease and then still make money and feel good and all the other things. Because one thing that my corporate job embedded in me, which is just because it's a soul-sucking industry, AKA banking, (laughs) is that you are only as good as your last quarter. You're only as good as your productivity. And I have struggled for the last six years since leaving that job to really get away from that. So Mm -hmm. that's what I've been focusing on. When I feel those feelings come up, no, no, it's okay. You know, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to feel joy. It's okay to go on a walk and not need to also answer client calls. You can just look at the trees. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's me. So I'm with you on the energy being kind of off. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I feel like we could do like an entire episode on the the productivity and all the things, but. Oh yeah, we totally should. So, well, let's jump into the episode. Arnika, Dr. Arnika Cooper is actually one of my friends, so I can attest to her being a fabulous human in addition to a fabulous Cairo. (laughs) What are some of the things that you loved about the episode? First of all, Arnika was just like the most fun human. And I like right when we got in, she and I were chatting and she's she's just so fun and so sweet. I wish I lived out by y'all so I could like see her because the first thing I told her was, so I'm too afraid to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> and, you know, she like talked about 
um, all of that. And like how many people are afraid to see chiropractors and it's more than just getting your neck cracked. Like there's so much more to it and how movement is so important in our daily lives. Like not even necessarily going to, you know, CrossFit or like lifting 3000 pounds, you know, cause everybody can do that. But instead, um, just like literal movement, like just moving your arms, if you're sitting too much or like doing things, um, and how just such small movements can be really important, I think was helpful for me, especially now that I work from home and I have to, it's like hard for me some days to even go for a walk. Um, being okay with just like a little bit of movement, I think has helped me be less hard on myself while going for a walk or working out obviously is, is the, the best case scenario. There's some days, um, that, that I don't have the energy for that. But then there's also days that like, I don't have the time for that before it gets dark. (laughs) So I think that those were all just like really great pieces of the puzzle that we talked with, with her. What about you? What did you like about it? All of that also, I've been nerding out on it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is basically just what we do outside of our workouts. We put so much stock into that hour, 30 minutes each day. That's only 4% of our day, if that, right? Mm -hmm. What are we doing throughout the day? Even doing chores, cleaning. There's so many things that we can do that can actually add to our daily activity tally, if you will. So that's so funny. I I actually forgot that we talked about that in the episode and Mm -hmm. I'm happy that we did because I've been doing that personally and it feels really good to be a little more active. I also love that we talked about how the pain we feel in one area is usually not just that area. So Mm -hmm. if you have bad knees, it's not just a knee issue, right? It's Mm -hmm. probably, she was talking about how it could be your feet, right? which is hilarious because not, not hilarious that I'm in pain, (laughs) but I'm in pain lately and my feet, I think I have some plantar fasciitis going on Mm -hmm. and my knee is hurting, Mm -hmm. but I think it's my foot. And I love that we just talked about that because it can really maybe give people some hope too. And we also talked about how there's, I mean, I don't want to get all controversial, but (laughs) I don't necessarily think it's just genetically bad backs, genetically bad knees necessarily. We talked about how, well, let's fix the other things around it. Let's support the surrounding muscles. Let's improve that. Let's Mm -hmm. move more, whatever it is. And then the other thing I liked was we talked about how not moving should never be the answer. Right. So oftentimes people will go to the doctor and we, we dive into that. So I think you guys are like that for sure. Yeah. Especially people listening who have chronic pain, chronic fatigue, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It was at rheumatoid arthritis that she was talking about that she had a patient who their doctor said like, don't move anymore. And she was like, mm-hmm. that's the absolute last thing. And, and it's not, again, going back to what I said in the beginning, it's not the, like, you need to go and run a half marathon. It's like little movements, just moving your arms, moving your head throughout the day, things like that. So she gave us a, a few little, like things that you can do throughout your day, just to get a little bit of extra movement in as well, which I think was helpful. And And yeah, I think whether you have chronic pain or not, I think, I think we also, one thing we talked about was we, a lot of us blame it on age too. Like, oh, I'm over 30. Now everything hurts. (laughs) Like, and that's like, you know, that's, that doesn't have to be true. It's going to be the bad omen. I'm 30 now. I guess I'm just going to go sit down for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I know. So, um, so yeah, I just love that. And I thought that she, she was really helpful. She's just like spunky and full of energy. So it's a great episode. I think for, I think you guys are all going to love it for sure. She's like that IRL in real life. Yes. She seems like it. Yeah. She was just very, 
and we love those. We love the real conversations. That's what we're here for. So, um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You follow us on all, all the places that you can follow us. Um, we're on Instagram, chronically healing podcast, chronically healing community on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. So make sure that you follow us over there. Let us know what you would like to see next. And yeah, why don't we jump into the episode and y'all can hear from Arnika Cooper. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'm here with my co-host, Christina Sangara. We're so excited to be back with you with another podcast this week. And today, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Arnika Cooper. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to talk to you today. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes. We're so excited. So why don't we jump right in? Um, Christina and I did a little bit of an intro right before this, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, so I am a chiropractor. I like to call myself the not-so-typical chiropractor. Uh, all my clients, when I work on them, they're like, are you sure you're a chiropractor? I'm like, yeah, my student loans are for sure. <laughs> Let me know. Um, but I have a practice in Sacramento, California with my wife. Uh, we started in January 2020, um, where I do a hybrid. So I do house calls. So I go to people's homes. And I also have some locations, like with a home base inside of a gym in East Sac. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. I get to help people how I get to help them. I spend an hour with people. We dive deep in like root causes. I give them plans to really have like bodily autonomy and learn how to take care of themselves. And Mm -hmm. it was different from the typical chiropractic model, which is where the whole not so typical came out because I'd be like, I'm a chiropractor, but like, I'm not (laughs) that kind of chiropractor, right? (laughs) Just come in, just come in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And full disclosure, I know Arnika, and I can say <laughs> yeah. that she's also an amazing human Thank who you. has a really cool garden. <laughs> Thank you. My wife does it all. I just come in and like, when do I need to shovel? When do I dig? Like, do you want me to plant? Like, just tell me when it's time to eat. Yeah, yeah. You guys are the, to me, you're the epitome of knowing how to just chill and enjoy life. You don't, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like yeah. your energy. I like Definitely. your vibe. I always would say like, live your best life. And I think it just became like a thing until I, I get older. I'm mm-hmm. that everyone has their own version of that. And every week I'm like, I'm living my best life. And that made me listen to you. But like, I got to spend time with my wife this week. I had an awesome client week. I had dinner. Like, like I'm like, this is my best life. So mm-hmm. you got to live it. Life is too short. Yeah. I love that. And so my first question is kind of random and it goes with that a little bit, but it's not super random. And I bet that you get this a lot. What do you say to people who maybe a don't understand what a chiropractor does, but B people like me who are afraid to go to a chiropractor. Yes, (laughs) I'm sure there are people listening and I know I've been told for years that I need to go to a chiropractor and I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to break my neck. Totally. I'm sure that you get that a lot, right? So what do you say to those people? (laughs) I get that so much. I definitely like slide in there, like a statistical fact that like, it takes a lot of force for me to like break your neck. But not in the movies. The movies makes it look easy. Between the movies and these freaking YouTube videos. I don't know how many people send me like YouTube clips (laughs) of like, do you do this? I'm like, no, no, I do not. And if that's what you're looking for, we are in, we are not going to (laughs) work. But um, I definitely dropped that. But I also let them know that I have more 
multiple techniques. So when you think chiropractic, you think rack them and crack them. Mm-hmm. It has to make noise. I come across people who don't like, they don't like the sound of cracking. They don't even like their knuckles. It makes them nervous. Mm-hmm. So I have different techniques. I have a table that's freaking cool that I unpack that has drops to it. So instead of hearing the, no, uh, the noise of the cracking, they'll just hit the drop of a table, which is a different mm-hmm. way to adjust them. I do a lot of body work. So at times we just got to release tension in the muscle. And the biggest thing is we talk through that entire thing. I'm always asking people at the beginning, like, how do you feel about getting adjusted? Is it mm-hmm. something that makes you nervous? Nine out of the 10, they bring up their neck. And I'm like, we don't have to adjust your neck. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can just do soft tissue work. I can do this. And I tend to find out by like the third visit, they're asking me like, hey, like, can, can you adjust my neck? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I totally can. So it's all about comfort. Like we've been in a relationship. And if you are nervous about me adjusting your muscles on a tension, your nervous is going to be like, what the heck? And your body's not going to accept it. So I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And when I said that to someone, they were like, so you don't have to? I'm like, hell no. There's so many <laughs> other things that I can do and still get you some type of relief. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to go off on a little tangent because you know me and the nervous system. Yep. We're booze. <laughs> We're booze. Okay. I talk about the nervous system all the time. In your line of work, do you see nervous system dysregulation popping up? I'm just curious if there's specific things that you notice when you're working on people that oh. kind of clue you in like, oh, there's a nervous system thing going on here, like yep. deeper than just the the muscle work or, yep. you know? Yep. I am working with a client now who I've had to get better at explaining their relationship with pain. Mm because I noticed that we've seen each other a couple of times and everything was like, oh, this hurts to touch me here. And I'm just like, we got to talk about what pain is, what Mm -hmm. soreness is, what do you feel? We got to talk about breathing. Like we're working on breathing. Our last session, I barely touched her because I was like, you have to learn how to regulate your breath so Mm -hmm. that your nervous system knows like, hey, what we're doing is cool. Like it's safe. It's not going to harm me. So I run into nerve. Honestly, adjustments are all about nervous dysregulation. Like, Mm -hmm. and people don't think about that on that deeper level. And honestly, I don't go that deep into it, but chiropractic was built on making sure that our nervous system is as balanced as it can be. Mm-hmm. and making sure that our nerves have the freedom to flow as they need to make sure that your hand moves as much as you can to make sure that you notice like, hey, that's a hot stove. Like mm-hmm. our nervous system is the basis of it, but people don't think that deep. They think muscle and bone. And I'm like, I know that I'm releasing this muscle, but really I'm trying to talk to the nerves underneath it to say like, hey, I need you to fire when you want to. I need you to know that it's safe to be in this position. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. What you just said there about safety is so freaking true because I'm always talking about how the body can't heal if it doesn't feel safe to heal. Mm -hmm. And if it feels like it has to be on high alert and waiting for the next thing to drop, the next shoe to drop. I love that we're talking about how chiropractic can come into that picture. I always knew that, but I never actually knew that chiropractic care was founded on that principle. So that's Mm -hmm. really cool. I Not like a lot something. of, I feel like the typical chiros do talk about it. And I think that's when they get labeled as like the woo woo. Cause they're talking about subluxations and <laughs> this, and I'm just like in my nerd self, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> but then to other people, I'm like, you don't care what that is. Like, yes, I can release this muscle, but Hey, like your nerve controls that muscle. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I try to throw in tidbits along the way to get people to understand like, it's more than just this knot that I'm breaking up. There's a reason why I got there. And for some reason, your nervous system said, hey, I need you to tense up here. We're not really going to work down here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll breathe a little bit. Like, so. So, that, so that's kind of like stored trauma. Maybe yep. the, the body decided that it wanted to store 
up here. I'm, I'm pointing to my shoulder yep. area. Maybe they wanted to tense up in the stomach. I see a lot of people who have digestive issues. Do you see that too? Where definitely they, they have like chronic digestive issues from years and years of trauma. I I'm always fascinated by that. Constant constipation. Like she was mm. constipated for like months. And to the wow. point I was like, we need to find someone else because I had done my stuff. I know a little, I'm, I'm playing around with like organ stuff right now. Like a little bit, like stuff that I knew what to do. And I was just like, we need to like functional medicine. Like we need to figure out why you're backed up. And that was just her response. Like, and she had to tell me like her entire life, like when stuff got stressful in her life, for some reason, her stomach, like guts the second brain they talk about, right? Her stomach, she always got constipated. So then I was mm -hmm. like, we need more help. Like, this isn't more physical. We got something else going on. That's so interesting to me. I feel like, like, I don't even understand all of the connections with all this stuff. And when we were talking about it, like, I'm actually reading this book. It's called Polyvagal Exercises for Safety Ooh. and Connection. But it's yes. supporting, like, nervous system dysregulation. And I'm doing it with my therapist. And there's just, like, there's so many things that are connected, like, therapy and chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's not a word <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, and like acupuncture, like all this stuff, there's so much connection. And I feel like a lot of people listening to the podcast have chronic illness or have autoimmune conditions or things like this. And, and they're, they're not necessarily noticing the connection between like the physical and the mental or the emotional. I know for me, that's been really hard. Like even now starting to understand like, Oh, maybe these like chronic migraines I've had my whole life. These, this chronic, um, stomach issues, like you're talking about my whole life could be connected to emotional, could be connected to muscle or, or something that my body is literally holding on to stuff. And it's so interesting to, to learn about that. So, so yeah, anyway, it's yeah. just, interesting. <laughs> I definitely tell clients that their emotions can manifest physically. Mm -hmm. and it's something they don't think about but when I break down something as simple as like when you're stressed when you're tension maybe you grind your teeth maybe those shoulders right. start to raise up maybe things like that they don't put it together and mm -hmm. something I talk about too is like when people for instance like get sick or they have sometimes we get like these muscle or body aches most of the time they're in their already problematic areas they're like mm -hmm. why is it today like my shoulder not really hurts well well first of all you've been stressed out from work today mm -hmm. you didn't even understand this you were chasing your kid around you sat down and tried to do your life like your body that's just your area which is different for everyone like mm. some people things aren't physical and I ran into that like I'm doing what I need to do and I know that this knot should be gone like we got something else going on I remember like sending her out for to therapy like you need to talk to someone because there's something going on in your life that it's, I can't help you with now mm. because this should already be gone so everything is connected I'm constantly telling people that like everything is connected mental mm. and physical hundred percent. I just learned about transitions. Oh, this concept is so freaking amazing. How many times do we transition from one thing to the next without giving our body, nervous system, soul, mind time to actually do that? We go from work to the car, to home, to client, to another client. And this woman, I, I don't remember her name off the top of my head. She talked about how we can transition. So when we step into a new space, hand to heart or wherever, and we check in, 
are there any feelings storing in my body somewhere, in my shoulders, in my teeth, in my stomach? So basically we reset our energy when we come into a different space or after we have an interaction with someone. And this blew my mind in the best way because it made me think about how that's part of what likely leads to trauma and burnout and all the things is not giving ourselves a chance to kind of recalibrate. I do that. I go from the studio, I get in my car, I come straight inside and love my kid, but the minute I'm home, she's running into Mm -hmm. me, wants to play. Mm -hmm. And I didn't give myself time to transition. So Mm -hmm. what do I do? I store stress, I store anxiety, I store resentment, and then it manifests in physical symptoms. So I've been actually doing this the last couple days and it makes a huge freaking difference, you guys. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I walked into the studio, I reset my energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I walk inside to the house and then I'm just checking in with my body. And I think that helps it know that it's safe. I don't know. This is the thing I'm going to keep trying because it's so working. far I'm digging it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The transition thing, when you were saying that, how we just go from thing to thing, we live in autopilot basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And our body does its best to regulate us. But I think part of that is our body wasn't meant to live in autopilot. Mm-hmm. I think so many of our modern diseases and modern ailments and modern issues is largely modern living mm-hmm. we just weren't designed for that we haven't really evolved more than point something something from <laughs> i'm like i'm clearly really scientific point something something from our ancestors we might as well be out in the fields running around naked i mean that actually sounds pretty great <laughs> i totally get that i totally get that with transitions one of my uh, mentors i'm constantly just trying to get better at my craft i love adjusting i love the human body i think it's phenomenal and one of my mentors would have us and when i was younger i thought it was super weird because i learned this in chiropractic school but because it was definitely you know woo woo you know but he was wait like, can we stop for a second on that <laughs> yep I have so much beef with the fact that woo-woo is stuff it's that a- we should be doing. <laughs> woo-woo is, is us at our us. core. That's yes. woo-woo. Yes. Yeah. yes. Me and Ashley in our family, we're woo-woo. Especially yes. when we moved out here to California. I was like, these are my people. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm about to go to the farmer's market. I'm about yes. to go do some yoga. <laughs> and then I did like a, what was it? Like a moonlight ceremony thing that I told you I was weird. But I was, I was like, this is funny. Right. Dude, but just... going home south, they're like, what is she doing out there? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm, like this... I'm like stuck over here in North Carolina and I'm like, I need to come to the West Coast. Come, I'm come from to North us. Carolina. I'm, I'm, from all, North Carolina. I'm over here with all my crystals by myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> I was on my bike this morning. I, I rode by someone who had her feet directly on the grass. She was gazing at the sun. And I literally was like, that's my people. That's my people. <laughs> that's my people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, I cut you off from your train oh, of thought. Oh, I was just saying that uh, with transition. So one of my things that my mentor had me do is that kind of like a wipe away between clients. It's so like reset. I am an empath. And I'm like, I want to take on their problems because I just want to help them. Mm-hmm. So being able to hold space for an hour for someone who in between there, they're telling me stuff that's going on in their life. Like we're not just working on physical. And at the end, like as I'm like wiping the table off, getting reset for the next person, I take like, and it's super short. Like it's maybe like 60 seconds, but like something physical like just wiping off the things that I help with that person in that mm-hmm. hour so I can like reset and be fully engaged for the next person like mm-hmm. so that's Ooh. something that I tend to do but I only do it between clients and I only do it like when I'm seeing my clients at the gym I don't do it during house calls and I thought about that like I don't have a reset I leave I pack up I get in my car 
address in, headed to the next one. Mm-hmm. So I want to put that, implement that into my life, more transition. Mm-hmm. When you say wipe off, I just, I love giving my listeners tangible wipe stuff. Off. You just wipe physically. I physically wipe off, like shoulder down to the chest. You know that song back in the day, like mm. wipe me down? Like imagine that, mm. but like slow and like taking a breath, like, I told yes. that person, I was cool. Let me make sure that I'm good mm-hmm. to go on to the next person. Mm-hmm. I love that. One of my friends actually has a, a, well, hers is called a cord cutting meditation, but for her, it's like separating. Um, she's a highly sensitive person, empath, very, very sensitive. And she's actually been on the podcast. Um, and she, she has this cord cutting meditation for when you're like really overwhelmed and really need to like, let go of other people. It's like physically imagining yourself cutting the cord between you and other people. And I, I always thought that that was interesting because, um, I definitely, I work from home now and I don't like ever leave the house. So I feel like I don't feel that as much as other people, but, um, I know when things were a little bit more normal and I worked in an office, like I would just carry other people's emotion or carry other people's stress. And it's hard to let that go. And yeah, so I love the idea of even just like wiping it off. Even, even people that are like me that are home all the time, they're still, you're still taking on energy from somebody, you know, you're talking to your client who's in a bad mood or you're talking to, you know, something like that. And it, um, it can affect you. So I love that idea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing she talked about that I liked was how we can learn how to name the emotion and be okay with it. I get a lot of mom guilt because I feel like, well, I should love every moment with my kid. I should, I should be so grateful that I have a child, all the things. And I finally learned to say, no, actually motherhood's really freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And there's days where I get really triggered and I feel like my whole morning is spent arguing about the dumbest things. <laughs> <laughs> my brain cells are hurting. And I just got okay with not <clears throat> not being okay. That's mm-hmm. the other thing she says is so when you do have time to process, you can sit down with it, sit with your anger, sit with your frustration, sit with your unrest. And that also kind of helps it move through your body. And it just takes away the power because mm-hmm. I think there's inherent shame and guilt in having certain feelings because society culture tells us that we're supposed to feel a certain way about X. And if we don't yep. feel that way, then we're an outlier. Something's wrong with us. Mm-hmm. So yep. I just want to throw that in there. I, I think that that <laughs> I know we're going off on tangents, but here's the I deal. That's what we do here. Yeah. So <laughs> we should be called chronically tangent podcast. <laughs> But every guest that's been on, they're like, this was the best one. I've, this is the best interview I've been on. I'm like, yes, girl, that's yeah. I mean, this is how we would talk in real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I love all of that. I do. I want to talk about movement for a little bit. So one of my questions that I have is why is movement so important for those of us specifically dealing with chronic health conditions? Why do you yes. think? So to quote, just, you know, the cliche about moving is medicine is truly, it's totally true. <laughs> it's totally true. Um, so from a nerd perspective, cause I'm definitely a movement nerd. I like to call <laughs> myself, um, movement helps us move fluid, good fluid. So stuff that helps lubricate our joints. Mm. And one of the biggest things is, it's going to sound so bad, but when someone tells me they have arthritis, oh, I can't do this because I have arthritis. I'd be like, boo-boo, you need to move. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need to sit in this. If we can lubricate your joints more because we introduce more movement, mm-hmm. then I'm not saying we can reverse it, but I'm right. saying that we can 
stop it where it is Mm -hmm. and introduce like maybe we need to move differently so it's all about movement Mm -hmm. I don't understand how people expect their body to change their pain to change if they just want to sit in it and live sedentary lifestyle which is harder in this society because everything that is given to us provided is for more convenience mm-hmm. it's so you don't have to move so you don't have to get off the couch so right gotta have movement and that's where something i felt like was a big missing piece because in um other chiropractic offices it was you come in for those x amount of visits you get adjusted and then they just send you on your way come mm-hmm. back in two days. And I'm just like, but one, their body needs to take like ties to heal after what we just did to us. They probably have an experience. You didn't suggest them how to move. So they just probably went back and sat on their couch in the same position. And mm-hmm. they came back and saw you two days later. We're not helping people. Like mm-hmm. we have to incorporate movement. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that sometimes <laughs> we're both like, um, <laughs> um, I think that Sometimes people with chronic conditions and even myself, I remember earlier last year, I was going through like an extremely depressed time of my life. And that was actually when I was in the most physical pain because I wasn't moving. Mm. I wasn't moving off the couch. I would go from my desk and work as much as I had to. And then I would lay on the couch and I had constant pain in my back and in my head because of the way that I was laying and because I wasn't moving. And it wasn't until I started just doing little things like these little arm movements, just trying to get my muscles to move. And I think that sometimes I don't have chronic pain and I, the times that I do have chronic pain, I am the biggest baby and I hate my life. So I cannot imagine the people listening who have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or chronic pain, but there, I think the word movement can be really scary to people. And they think that movement means go run a 5k or yeah. go lift 200 pounds on a deadlift. And it doesn't need to be that. It doesn't like, need Right. I totally right. agree. I totally agree with the movements that I provide clients um, when they leave. I give them three movements and I say this because I want you to do each one for one minute. Hmm. So you got three minutes and they're basic stuff. One of them is like, I just want you to breathe and sit in this position for 60 seconds. Like mm-hmm. maybe I want you to move your arm. I try to let them know that I know I'm saying movement, but I don't want you to like go get a CrossFit membership. I right. want you to like, can you just take three minutes and do this stretch for 60 seconds? Like I've tried to give them like the lowest hanging fruit, hanging fruit, like the slow, <laughs> the slowest entrance to bury a barrier, mm-hmm. like just start here. So it doesn't have to be a 5k. Right. And I've been working with that because I used to have this and I think some of my clients have it too, like this all or nothing mentality because I had that with my workout. If I got up today and I didn't get it in in the morning, it was like, well, I obviously can't do it for the rest of the day. Or maybe I don't have uh, 30 minutes or 45 minutes to dedicate to a full workout. So I just wouldn't go work out at all. Like we got to get out of this all or nothing. It has to be 30 minutes because we act like three minutes isn't going to give us what we need. Mm-hmm. Speaking my language. <laughs> uh, also, I need you to work on my Gigi. She went to her. I'm serious. I'm going to connect you guys. <laughs> she went to her doctor recently. You guys, guess what her doctor told her? You don't have to guess. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> her doctor told her to not walk anymore. What? So she has bad arthritis from, mm-hmm. I think, a few things. We all know that as we get older, strength training is important. And to your point, 
we don't have to strength train in terms of heavy deadlifts and Olympic lifting. You can actually benefit from band work, even just that push pull. People underestimate bands. Yes. There's a lot of ways to develop and define and and to actually maintain muscle that actually don't even involve weightlifting. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. I mean, how did they do it before we had these beautiful dumbbell things, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) They had to do something. That's a great question. (laughs) Right? Like how were they so I'm picturing like this long stick with like two big rocks on the end. I'm sure they actually did have that. So, but when, when she told me that he told her just to not walk anymore, I was completely dumbfounded. And I said to her, walking is, is that's something that you have to do every day. Right. That's like integral. That's just how integral. You got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) We have to do that every day, you know, and and that's a quality of life thing to have walked your whole life and then just not be able to because your doctor said not to. Anyway, when she said that, I'm like, you're not working with the right doctor. Right. I will never tell someone to stop moving. Mm -hmm. Like we may have to alter how we're moving. And prime example. So I worked with someone, it was my first experience she had, and it was was all new to me, chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm -hmm. She had fibromyalgia and she had something else, which essentially like Worst case scenario, we had watched this uh, documentary together. I was new to this, would know what kind of chronic pain this was. And it was like a Netflix documentary. She's like, go watch this so you can learn. Worst case scenario, I've seen people with chronic fatigue syndrome, like stuck in a bed and not being able to move their limbs. She wasn't on that level. She could still move. She was moving slower, but she was still moving. And even her, I was like, oh, we're gonna get on the floor. And we're gonna lay on your back, but we're about to move because she needed to move. So I would never tell someone not to move. We're just gonna have to alter the position that we put your body in while mm-hmm. you're moving, which people underestimate. When I send someone something to do on their back, they're like, well, this isn't lifting weights. This isn't band work. Right. But I'm like, but if you can't do this without gravity and you're wondering why your back hurts squatting, like <laughs> we gotta go backwards. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some easy ways that people could increase movement throughout the day? Obviously there's, everybody has their own issues, but, um, what do you think like just in norm are ways that people could increase their movement every day? So something I suggest to people are movement timers. I know at hmm. times that we're so drawn into our work. I do it too. Now I like live by timers. I'm like 25 minutes set. I know I need to stop and do something else. But for people who are working maybe, you know, hours back to back, I have them set some type of timer like an hour later. Mm-hmm. And if that means that they can't move from their desk, I'm like for 60 seconds to sit here and breathe. Like mm-hmm. that's a good transition. I didn't even think about that. That's a good transition. But mm-hmm. I was just like, you need to do something. I have them start by like doing stuff from the chair. I've been giving people low barrier. Like, okay, you say you can't get up, bet. Here are some stretches you can do from <laughs> your chair. Mm-hmm. What's next? Like, so <laughs> I would say a movement timer and honestly meeting them where they're at. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you physically can't move because you got back to back, then maybe we do a couple desk stretches. Mm-hmm. I don't expect people to like, I think when people think I need to move, it's like, okay, I'm in the middle of my work. I got to go grab a yoga mat, lay it out. I got to like meditate first, seal first. Like, I'm like, I understand. We got to be realistic. You may not have that much time, but mm-hmm. we can be real about these three minutes or even 60 seconds that you have. Mm-hmm. That's like compound interest. When we do something consistently, those small actions, what you're basically having them do is habit stacking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I love. I'm in the process of reading that book right now. Oh my gosh, so good. Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. So habit stacking is something that I do with clients all the damn time for the same reason. 
there is a lot of inherent resistance in having to make new time and space for something mm. because we already feel like we don't have enough time for the things we're already doing. So to your point, yeah, rolling that yoga mat out and actually having this long drawn out process. Would be awesome. It would be awesome, right. but, <laughs> but we don't have the time. Right? Well, and here's the deal. Right I think we do have the time. I think it's a, I think it, it tends to be a priorities thing, mm. but here's the deal. If they can get some quick wins, they start feeling better. Now they're more motivated to make that time because mm. they start to realize how much the pain was impacting quality of life, right? Because yeah. you can't really do much in life if you're in chronic pain. And if you're suddenly not in chronic pain, you better believe you're putting that 30 minute block on your calendar. <laughs> right. And no one interrupts me. <laughs> this is my time. I have been trying to be transparent with like my story about my pain. Cause I tell people like, I know I'm a chiropractor, but I still have my issues too. Like I am mm -hmm. carrying this table around. My job is super physical. So last year I started having hip pain, which I had never had before. And then my low back started hurting. And I was like, what is this? Is this what people with low back pain go through? Like, <laughs> this is too much. But I started moving again. I started finding like certain stretches, doing my own movements. I got into like a regular routine with a trainer who writes stuff for me. And this, like near the end of the year, I started realizing my hip pain was going away. The, the beginning of this year, I started doing front squats again without hip pain back down mm. to where I was. And I would think that my body goals would have been my motivation, but not feeling hip pain when I squatted and knowing that the one thing I changed was that I was doing my same movements every day, every day. It could be at night. We could be watching a show. I will literally get on my floor and be like, nah, because my hip's not going to hurt tomorrow. <laughs> like, let me hit my airplane real quick. So <laughs> I think that should be our motivation. Once you feel how it feels to be out of some pain that possibly you never thought you would get out of, mm -hmm. then I think people are like, I need to do, this is a part of my routine. This is what works for me. Yeah. Can you talk, I want to talk a little bit about people often assume that where they're feeling the pain is where the pain originated. Mm. What I have come to find is it is rarely that. I'll have people, for example, Agreed. who say, bad knees run in my family. What the heck does that what even does that mean? mean? <laughs> is there some sort of like genetic <laughs> knee thing? I've never heard of that personally. I've never heard of. Maybe it exists, but I've never heard of it. Or they'll say bad backs run in my family, things like that. And so yeah. I'm always, but when you talk to these people, there's always, always, always some sort of imbalance. So I'm, I'm curious because knee, hip and back pain are the top issues yep. I'm sure you see. Where are the imbalances that you tend to notice that are contributing to that pain rather than that being the sole site of their pain, if that makes sense? So it like what's not in alignment that's causing that pain? So I have a couple, like I have a couple of people I'm working with now who came to me for low back pain and their issue is in their foot. Their oh. plants are faster. The bottom of their foot is so tight, which is like messing up their gait pattern. So they're not walking and using their entire foot. Maybe they're rolling and only using the outside of their foot. And then their hips start to be uneven just because they don't have the strength in one over the other. So I have some people who have foot issues, which has been causing their low back pain. And I tell them like, how long have you been going, dealing with this? Because what probably happened is your foot one day started probably probably started bothering you, but you were like, it's fine. It's like, this doesn't happen. Then one day your knee felt weird and you were mm -hmm. like, I've never had knee problem, but maybe bad knees running your family, right? <laughs> so you're like, it's just possible that like, it's bad knees. Then one day your hip does weird stuff and you're like, my hips never popped before. And then you're calling me like, man, my low back hurts. And I'm like, mm, let's assess. And we realize that it's something else. So I get a lot of foot stuff. I get a lot of um, people who come with low back pain, it's their hips. Their hips aren't mobile. 
which mm-hmm. honestly is a huge problem with why people older get arthritis. And some of them honestly younger are getting arthritis because their hips don't move. Mm-hmm. So having immobility in their hips, I notice a lot. And then also having a weak core. And mm-hmm. I know that people hear that all the time, like, well, my low back hurts and I've been working on core, but I learned that I had to educate people on what exactly that means and what like bracing your core and using your core to like help you get power actually means. Cause I've learned that I used to just say those words mm-hmm. and I would think they knew what it meant, but I'm like, oh, you're sucking in. Oh, oh listen, this is not, this is not it. And I know you've probably learned this, but we got to unlearn this mm-hmm. and know what it feels like to actually use your core. Mm-hmm. So honestly, not so out of 10, it's everywhere else, but right. they're low back. Unless right. they have some type of trauma there. I have one person who she's uh, one of my oldest client. I love her to death. She's like 76 and she had a low back fusion. So she's the only one that I'm like, yeah, we got to work on your scar tissue around mm-hmm. your low back because that is what's causing the rest of your problems. Well, and even me, you worked on my knee, which by yep. the way, still feels better. <laughs> I'm so glad. I did. When you had an issue, I'm like, I know it's your back. And I run into the issue of trying to talk um, when I'm talking to clients, because I know they're like, it hurts here. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I know, like, let me touch it. I know it's tight, but I'm like, but I'm trying to look at your foot though. Right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I know that I think that the pain hurts, the pain is here. It hurts here, but not so about the 10, it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I like... I was talked about this in the beginning a little bit, but last year when I was, and I talk about it as like this depressive time of my life, I was so depressed that I was not leaving the couch and I was getting so much chronic pain, which would then keep me on the couch even longer. And I had this, like, I almost felt like this, the top of my back was starting to like hump because I, I was like leaning over, looking at my phone so much. And I was getting so much pain in my neck, um, in my head. And then like in my front. And I went and saw a, uh, an acupuncturist because apparently an acupuncture, it was scarier. It was less scary to me than a chiropractor. Everyone has their own thing. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and he, you know, was doing some work on me and he's like, he found an old injury somewhere else in my back and he put this needle in and all of a sudden the front of my body is like freaking out and the sides of my body are freaking out. And I'm like, this, that part wasn't even hurting. It was like all these other areas. And because they were getting overstrained because that part wasn't strong enough or something like that. And it's so connected and there's so many different things. It's that's so interesting to hear just because I feel like, I feel like as we get older too, we start to like blame all these things. I'm like, ah, we're just getting older. Like even yeah. me the other day, I was like, okay, but now my knees hurt apparently like what's going on. And then I bought new shoes. My knees don't hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like all these things are connected. And I think sometimes we just like blow them off or just assume we yeah. have chronic pain or we're getting older so we just, or we're doing these things. And it's yeah. more than I that. I strongly dislike that phase. When I people mm-hmm. like, you know what, these me are just too. the things of getting old. I'm like, do you know? And my first Growing up in the South, I'm used to seeing people where I'm from, we eat fried everything. Mm-hmm. Like people weren't active. Most people, like 50, we walk around with canes because you're not walking as much. And when I moved to California, I worked on this 68-year-old triathlete woman. 
And I was so amazed. I was like, you still run triathlon? She's like, yeah, I love it. She came to me with some, some foot stuff, but it was some basic stuff. She didn't have any pain. Like I was amazed and I was like, I want to be that 68, <laughs> you're chilling. Like I hadn't <laughs> ever seen that before. That wasn't what I was used to. So the whole, oh, it's just my age. I'm like, uh-uh, I got a 68 year old is out here running triathlons. You try it again. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's out here killing it. Like so inspirational. Like. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some tools, if you're envisioning yourself as you are getting older, what are some of the, the top things that you are going to employ in your toolbox to help you? Because you see this, so now you yep. are still young enough where you can change and reshape that future for yourself. So what does that look like in terms of giving yourself as much longevity as possible? What are you going to stay committed to? So I've been working on a couple of things myself personally. One is movement. I hadn't really never dealt with pain, like physical pain. I've never broken a bone, knock on wood. The most I had was like sprained ankles. Mm -hmm. So this past year, 2020 is because I was starting my business. I was sitting a lot more. I was laying in my bed a lot more. (laughs) And then all of a sudden hip pain popped up. So movement is going to be huge because now I'm like, I'm going through my own movements that I give to people because I'm like, I need my hip to feel better. So making sure that movement is in my day, even if I don't work out every day, five minutes of movement is in my day every day. Mm-hmm. So definitely movement. Um, me, me and my wife uh, just started working with a naturopath, like, which you recommended. Yes, mm. she's freaking awesome. So <laughs> I learned then more about what's going on on the inside of my body. Because now that I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, I'm not recovering as quick as I used to, or I can't eat what I've been growing up eating. So <laughs> I'm personally right now working on um, just certain supplements that I'm taking. We're going to get like more vitamin D. And biggest thing for me is my stress levels and cortisone levels. Like mm. I've been personally working on things that I never thought about. I'm so focused on the outside. I'm like, man, my adrenals are doing a lot of work. Like what's happening here. So mm. I've been working a lot on like my inner journey, trying to figure out what I can do best for me. So I would mm. say like functional medicine, nutrition, like, I have gotten more into that, learned more. Like, I'm not trying to learn more to be an expert at all, (laughs) but I'm learning more to recognize like, hey, we need to send you to someone who can help you more in depth with this. Mm -hmm. So getting my own like functional mental nutrition going on and movement Mm -hmm. and stress management. Like, I think those are things that people just say and they don't realize how much their stress affects them. Like, Mm -hmm. you gotta find outlets. Like, you gotta find... I don't know. You got to fix it. I don't know. I have all the answers, but like for me, breathing is a huge thing. People kept saying meditation to me and I was just like, me and meditation just does not get along. (laughs) But when I learned that everyone's meditation looks different, like some people, someone told me that she walks and meditates. I'm like, you can move. I thought I had to sit there and like, (laughs) you know, but no, I listen to music. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely instrumentals. I'm definitely sitting there in silence, but I'm allowing my brain to flow. Like I've learned that what works for me and Mm -hmm. learning that I can take it step by step instead of all or nothing. Like right now I'm trying to develop a morning routine Mm -hmm. and I've definitely wrote out what I want to do, but have I been good at implementing? (laughs) No, but I have like, cool. Well, I've been reading my one page every day. So it's like, Hey, I started here. I don't have it all, but Mm -hmm. I'm aware that I'm starting to develop one that works for me. I feel like the meditation thing, when I when I finally came to terms with the fact as an achiever type that sitting in silence didn't equate, like you didn't have to be perfect with it is if my mind was talking to me during, during a meditation, 
that was fine. If I wanted to listen to instrumental music or think about something as I was walking to work or being um, cognizant of like what was going around me and being present in that moment, that was meditation enough. But I, for me, I was like, I, as soon as I got over that hump of like, I have to, my mind has to be quiet the whole time. I was like, I love meditation. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. But like, I think that there's just a lot of like this like perfection mindset, which leads into stress, which leads into, you know, all right. Like all this stuff that just affects all of us. And it's, um, it's all interconnected. I love that you talked about the naturopath. Like I love my naturopath. I still work with my naturopath out of Chicago because she, understands the connection. Like she's the one that was like, you need to go see an acupuncturist if you're not going to go see a chiropractor. <laughs> she's like, you, you know, I told her that I was seeing a somatic therapist and she's like, yeah. this is perfect because this is going to help this. And like, there's the, the doctors or the practitioners that you work with, the more that they want you to see and work with other people, instead of just assuming that they know all the things and they can fix you and all the things. Yeah. Um, the worse off it is, I think like finding different practitioners who, who want to work as like a, a health team are. That's the key. Like one person isn't going to do it all. Mm -hmm. Like, and I've told people that, but I think it's all about responsibility on like the practitioner side, which being aware and being okay with like, Hey, they need help in other areas. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean like you didn't help them. Like right. it just means that this can, this is what's best for them. And I feel like a ton of people lose sight of that. Like, this is what's best for this client. They need X, Y, and Z. Maybe they don't need you. Maybe mm -hmm. they need you later. Maybe they don't need you right now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I relate to the, the perfection thing. I got into this trap, if you will, of needing my routines to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, I do this. In the evening, I do this. I will say that I'm consistent with journaling because that's just completely changed my life. But... I would feel this pressure to meditate every morning, mm -hmm. but sometimes I didn't want to meditate and I would sit there begrudgingly, <laughs> which is probably not the energy you're supposed to bring to a meditation. And then I just felt frustrated. And I remember watching the stories of someone that I've worked with, Jen Kennedy, and she talks about how her mornings look however she wants them to look. Mm -hmm. So when she wakes up, she decides what's calling to her. Is it sound? therapy with her singing bowls is it meditation is it this and that really freaking helped my brain mm -hmm. actually start looking forward to it again how many times do we we have good intentions and then it just ends up being a check mark right yep you know we're not getting the actual experience of that routine because we're just doing it to do it mm -hmm. versus yeah. stepping into it and really and really embracing it yeah. You know, what's the worst for me The I use insight timer and it tells you how many consecutive days you've done it in a row. <laughs> so I'm like, I got, I have to do this today because I got to get that ring. And then I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, what I, the whole time I was like thinking about this book that I read last night, like I wasn't even <laughs> meditating, but I got my ring. I'm telling you, it's like, uh, sometimes I'm like that with my steps. I have anxiety right now because I'm on a 27 day streak. And right. I'm looking at it right now and I don't get a lot of steps for my bike ride, but I did work out. Right. <laughs> so sometimes technology is not, or right. even our own brain, a mix of the two right. goes against us a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love how you said that um, she creates her morning routine based off of just mm -hmm. how, how she feels when she works up. Like my epiphany honestly came this past Friday because I had the list. Like I have to do this and I have to move at least for five minutes. And I got to journal and then I got to mm -hmm. meditate. And then I was like, and I had never did it before. You know, it's January. <laughs> like I'm trying to do new stuff. Hey, right. And 
Friday, every Friday, I'm a huge SVU fan. I love mm. Law and Order. Mm-hmm. And I watch it every Friday morning on Hulu. Ashley doesn't like it because it's like true crime <laughs> stuff. So every morning at 6 a.m., I'm up like headphones in, new episode, <laughs> Olivia Benson, like what? Let us learn. And so then I felt bad. I felt guilty because I was like, Arnika, you were up at six. You should have meditated. You should have journaled. I was like, I should have did all these things. But afterwards, I was like, I can journal now. Yeah. Like, I can write now. I'll read my book now. So I decided like, it looks like whatever I want it to look like that day. As long mm-hmm. as I feel like I'm starting my day off on a good foot, it's gonna be whatever it is. Yeah, because yeah. we're forgetting the whole point is to feel good. It's right. to feel good, right. right. And my feel good looks different, but I'm like, I love this show, I get it. So, and I don't get, I don't watch a lot of TV. So that's mm-hmm. my one little hour. I'm like, cool, I got my episode. That felt good, I, Yeah. I feel, you know, today <laughs> let's get started. It makes me happy. Yeah. Exactly. Starting the day with true crime. Starting the day with true crime. Right? Us at our demented minds. Sometimes I'll go through these depressive episodes, and then my husband's like, "Um, it's because you've been watching murder for right. like two weeks straight." Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you know he'll hear he'll my podcast on. He's like, "What are you ago. listening to?" I know. I had a nightmare a couple of weeks ago. I came. My wife came on one day, and. I was asleep, like like I was taking a nap in the middle of the day. And she walked in and then was listening to like killer mysteries <laughs> on the TV. And then that night I had a nightmare. She was like, well, it's maybe because you <laughs> fell asleep listening to like murder. And I'm like, that's possible. That's very possible. Yeah. So then after that, I was like, okay, I'll only fall asleep to happy things. Like maybe I need to watch something happy before I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I was listening to like um, true crime podcasts when I would like go to work when I lived in Chicago or when I'd walk to work and stuff. And then I would be having these like nightmares at night or I wasn't falling asleep. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, maybe I shouldn't be listening to three true crime podcasts a day. (laughs) Like maybe that's why I'm afraid to get on. I'm like sitting on the train like who is going to kill me? I need to be ready, right? That kind of leads me into one of our favorite questions we like to ask, which are, which you kind of answered a little bit, but what are some of the things that you like to do every day or when it feels good to you that, um, keeps you feeling your best? Um, I have, um, enjoyed strength training again. Mm. So I have my own trainer, uh, Ty, she's Alan Isak and, I didn't know how I would feel about like remote programming. Like when everything switched over in 2020, I was like, no, I need someone there in my face. Like, tell me what to <laughs> Spitting do. Spitting on me. <laughs> right. Because if not, then I'm not going to do it. Cause I'd already tried it. Like I, I write a workout, but it never gets done. So I'm actually enjoying having someone that specifically programs for me and they know like what my goals are. So I'm actually enjoying lifting weights again and getting under the barbell because for so long, my only experience was CrossFit, which is cool. It's great. But I can't keep up with all that sometimes. And sometimes I don't want to. And sometimes I don't want to run. Like, it's right. just like, I need, this, I need a little thing. So uh, training has been something that's been helping me. Um, spending quality time with my wife. Like, I starting a new that. business, being an entrepreneur. You lose time. Like, it all happens so fast. And for a while, I found myself, like, my brain wouldn't shut off. Mm-hmm. There was no, and because she does some stuff with work, but also, like, she's home, I didn't have a line between, like, this is personal time and this is business. And it would cause some frustration because it'd be like seven o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh, I could do this. We can do this. And she'd be like, I just asked you what you wanted for dinner. (laughs) My bad. So learning how to compartmentalize and like, okay, cool. Like I'm ending at this time and this time is for my family. So Mm -hmm. that's something that keeps me going. I love, my wife is my best friend. So Mm -hmm. I love spending time with her. But with working, I was just like, I need to work. 
I got to keep being great. And then I'm going to go to sleep and then do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So training and spending time with her is something that I enjoy. I, I love that. that you just said that because we here in our household realized that we had been building a life around our business yeah. instead of a business around our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we would do our calendar for the week, it would be business first. And then if we have time, oh, family dinner here, go for a walk there. And I think that happens when you become self-employed, at least in the beginning stages, if you will, and even later stages, because you feel this enormous pressure to make it work. You just left your job. You left left security. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do, this is more ego, the last thing you want to do is fail. So you find yourself workhorsing when that's why you left your job in the first place. <laughs> on a podcast, someone was like, oh, you're a, you left being a full-time employee and now you're just a full-time employee. I was like, <laughs> I am, I'm working long days. I'm still straight, right? It's different because yeah. it's for you, but I'm like, I said I wanted more time. And that's when, honestly, I was working, when I first started my practice, I was doing Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I hated Saturdays. Like yeah. I hated it when I had to do it in my previous job. And then one day someone was like, why are you working on Saturday? I was like, it's mine. Why? <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> so, yeah. And even for those who have a, a job, here's the deal. I don't think everyone needs to be self-employed because this is motherfucking I hard. Need- yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Are we allowed to say the F word? I said the F word. Yeah, the F for word. sure. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> I've been censoring a lot. I definitely have a bad mouth. It's I said hell. I kind of like drew it out. I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. No, well, it's marked as like not good for kids. <laughs> same. Everything I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to just say not good for kids. I just thought you should. I I don't think everyone needs to to go be self-employed. I don't have that mentality. I do think that there are people who thrive. I mean, I have employees who are freaking amazing. So for those who have, you know, a regular job, I do still think it's possible to find those pockets of bliss Mm -hmm. and find those moments in the day that light you up and be intentional about your time, set boundaries with your work. No, Mm -hmm. I don't take calls on this day. No, I don't work on weekends or whatever that looks like. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount that. I definitely think there's always always room to create the environment that you want to thrive in and honestly sometimes that means finding the right job right maybe yeah. the job that you're in is not it it's not necessarily that you need to be self-employed it's just that you're not in the right job for you so right so i want to throw that, that disclaimer those things definitely yeah. my um, wife works for i'm not gonna tell you what she works for but she works <laughs> and um as i've been kind of doing my own thing with my entrepreneurial journey she's so used to working like 40 hours a week so when I started shutting my schedule down, like, mm, let me go and cut. We're going to take away this Monday morning. We're going to take away this Friday. She was like, that's not 40 hours. I said, who <laughs> said that I have to work 40 hours? Like, right. But that's what she's used to. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of taking that example of now she enjoys her job more. She started setting an alarm at five o'clock when her alarm mm-hmm. goes off. She doesn't, someone could call at 4.59 and she's like, mm-hmm. nope. done which Mm -hmm. she she started creating boundaries within her own work like even though she's working for someone else because I think she she was like you know I started seeing how you started doing and I was like I can do that Mm -hmm. she started working earlier because you know 2020 and before that eight hour shift like somewhere became 12 and I was just like we need to dial this back in so you can still create your it's definitely a way about going about it but you can still create your boundaries being in that position like she's changed her job role all because of conversations that she's had with her boss and the higher up boss and they've given it to you sometimes you just got to speak up about it mm-hmm. yeah i i did that with my last job i was very particular about like 
I will not answer you on the weekends. You will not call me. You will not text me being in, I'm in social media. I used to be social media for companies. So, you know, everything's a, a fire on social media. And I'm like, nah, we're a wood carving machine company. It is not <laughs> a, it is not an emergency. <laughs> if someone is mad that their wood is not carving, right. <laughs> like, you Making know, so, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. No, it's not a big deal. So I think that like, you have to like start setting those boundaries. And like you said, I feel like with the pandemic, like people working from home was like this great thing, but people started working more. They started feeling like they had to be available at all times. They, did, they had to eat at their desk. They had to do all these things. And it's like, no, you do not. You do not have to do that. When yeah. I asked her when she had lunch, she looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, <laughs> you have a lunch hour. Like, you cannot stop and take that? Like, when mm. do you eat? Like, <laughs> that's definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this has been so fun. I love that That's we went awesome. on so many really valuable tangents. This mm -hmm. is what I love is no matter what it is that someone specializes in, we're all living. We're all living right. life. We all have it's this all human connected. experience, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. we're all we're all going through the motions and figuring shit out as we do it. So I've really loved having you on. I knew we would love it because I love your energy yeah. anyways. I and I can it. vouch that your wife is also amazing. <laughs> we need to hang I out soon. It. Yes, we do. We do. I love it. We're all human. So I love that. I love that we talked about more stuff. Like, yeah, like, yeah I'm a chiropractor, but I go, like, I go through shit too. Like, yeah. I'm still living. Like, right. so right. I love that. So where can people connect with you online if they want to find you? I know you're starting to branch out a little bit into more of the online space with certain educational things and yeah. all the things. I love teaching. I, I had to accept that. I tried to do like a mobility class where I was like teaching and talking through movements. And I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I want to educate you. And then like, hey, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been doing more online stuff. The best way is to follow me over on Instagram at Resilient Spine. Um, that's the best way, honestly. I'm always on there, probably too much, which is what I'm working on because <laughs> taking up so much time. Have it stacking. Um, <laughs> right, right. I'm doing better with that. Like now, I don't know if people know this, but there's like a timer on Instagram that you mm. can put in the settings that tells you how long you've been on. And I set mine to 10 because I've mm. 10 minutes because I realized that I will mindlessly scroll. Right. I'll get on there to answer a DM. I'm scrolling, looking at stories <laughs> and I haven't even answered the DM. Then I'm like, <laughs> in 30 minutes, like where did the time go? So Instagram is the best spot. I definitely follow us on Instagram. I give daily tips, daily movements. And um, I'm always in the DMs. My DMs are always open. I love talking to people. So like, come talk to me. Like, I mm -hmm. don't feel hesitant to. I love talking to people, educating them, send them in the right direction. So that's the best place. Love that. Well, thank you again so much for being on. I want to say, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the listeners today that we might've forgotten to talk about? No, this was amazing. Thank you for having me. I just, if I said one thing, just move more and start mm. somewhere. Doesn't mean like I have to jump in maybe just for like 30 seconds, you're going to push back from the computer and breathe. Like just start somewhere. And before you know it, you'll be like, no, I need my five minutes to do my mobility and mm -hmm. then I'll be back with you. Yeah. I love that. It's attainable. We can yeah. all do it. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for being on today. We really appreciated talking with you. Thank you. Thank you.